G'day, it's Sunday, I'm Scott Gibbons and this is On The Road. So if you're ready to be on the road, I'm ready to be on the road, let's get on the road together and we're going to learn all about caravans and motorhomes and maybe some camper trailers and tents and places to go and see. We're going to explore Australia together. This is going to be fun. If you're ready, fasten the seatbelt, we're on the road. Oh yeah, it's Scott Gibbons here. You're on the road. Now, speaking of on the road, I do a lot of charity work. As you probably know, I'm an auctioneer and I help a lot of charities and I get to meet some amazing, amazing people. And I'm going to tell you about a couple of two different people that I met that are just so excellent. One is Lily. Her name's Lily and she's from Elite Engraving Events. That's E-L-I-T-E engravingevents.com phenomenal lady phenomenal what do they do well they are precision engravers and they do it by hand so she's a master engraver and she's a director of elite engraving events and they're so reliable and they're so good and they travel nationally they'll go abroad for you Uh, they'll do whatever you want so if you're a major corporate and you're doing a big fundraiser and right now right now With the coronavirus sneaking around, you might be thinking, well, we've got to put some of those big events on hold. But when we come back, we want something big to do. We want want to come back with a real thump. And this is the way you're going to do it. Because Lily works with clients from a whole range of industries. And she works at doing repeat and referral business all the way through. So whatever your engraving specifications are, Lily and the Elite Engraving Events team, they'll deliver beyond your expectations beyond and they will do whatever you need doing so if you're let's say you're doing something really big and you wanted to have some spirit bottles engraved or some compacts engraved all and all done by individually individually by hand or maybe you've got perfume bottles and you want to give those to your clients that's what she does so she does all of this so that your clients will feel incredibly special so you can go to her website, which is elite, E-L-I-T-E, engravingevents.com. They'll collaborate with you. They'll work out exactly the things that you want done, how to make your brand work, how to make your event work, how to make your company stand out from the rest. And their premium services will do the whole lot. So if you want to have, let's say, you want to have on-site engraving at your function. So when people come in, they might be given a biro, a pen, a lovely pen. And rather than just being somebody and you give them a little bit of paper with their name on it, you give them a pen with their personal name engraved on it. And she will do it in front of them so that they know that you're actually making... So she's, she's part of the show. If you're doing a function, she's part of the show. So that's Lily, EliteEngravingEvents.com. Now, the next one I want to tell you about is Harborside Chef. Harborside, H-A-R-B-O-U-R-S-I-D-E-C-H-E-F, Harborside Chef. Now, if you want to find them, you just send him an email, harborsidechef at gmail.com. His name's also Scott. He's another Scott, but he's a private chef. He's a brand ambassador for some major people. He's a proud partner of Jeans for Jeans. And you know how good Jeans for Jeans are, and I love Jeans for Jeans. They do some amazing things for so many children, for so many Australians. They are just phenomenal. That's part of the CMRI um, charity, which is amazing. But he'll do private catering, he'll do functions, he'll do whatever you want done. So if you're if you're really trying to impress people, and right at the moment, again, with this corona thing happening, we can't go out to merge big functions, say, 
but you might have some special people and you want to really spoil them. Or maybe you've got some big party coming up. Maybe it's a, a nice little intimate group that you want to get together. You just get Scott. You get Scott from Harborside Chef. So Harborside Chef at gmail.com and he will design the menu with you he will provide all the food he's got the provi- the providors that he uses for his food selection are just outstanding and this man is personal he's an Aussie he talks to you he will make the night fun and he creates the menu that you want so if you want to really impress somebody then you go to HarborsideChef at gmail.com and you will have a lot of fun. Harborside Chef, they are terrific. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's Sunday. I'm on the road with you. I just want to tell you about those people because every now and then you do meet some golden people, people who really make a difference when they go to an event. And those two, EliteEngravingEvents.com and HarborsideChef at gmail.com, by golly, you'll be impressed. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're going to be back with you real soon. You enjoy because we're enjoying and we'll be back with you real soon. A dynamite cigar I drove a foreign car Baby, that was years ago I left it all behind I had a friend I heard she died But on a needle She was crucified Baby, that was years ago I left it all behind
A cheap wine and a three-day growth. Now, I don't care if you've got cheap wine. I don't care if you've got great wine. What you've got to do is have a terrific fridge. You've got to have a fridge that you know is going to do the job for you. And which brand is that? Because, see, here's the thing. You can go to the shows or you can go on the internet and you'll find cheap fridges. And cheap fridges is like cheap wine. You know, it's only going to last so long before it goes off. So what you've got to have is an ARB fridge. Now, ARB have just brought out a brand new upgrade. It's called the ARB Classic Series 2. It's a fridge freezer. Now, they've got four models in the lineup. It suits different user requirements and applications. So you can get a, a 35 litre, a 47 litre, a 60 litre, and the mothership 78 litre. But all ARB Classic 2 or Classic Series 2 fridge freezers now feature a smart and, and the colours change. They've changed the colours. So you've got a green, grey and black colour scheme that reflects ARB's new corporate look. And speaking of new corporate look, wait until you see the ARB at St Peter's. It's being remodelled right now. It is just going to be the flagship of flagships. It's a beauty. And then they've redesigned the transit bag, but they've updated the communication module that allows monitoring and control over your fridge settings. Listen to this via your smartphone. Or, if you've got it, the ARB Lynx device. This is just too clever. So you've got a new look. The ARB Series 2 Refrigerator has a new look. Now, the tough cabinet structure of all ARB Classic Series 2 fridge freezers, it remains unchanged, which means that they feature a tough powder-coated zinc steel cabinet, strong, strong steel handles that double as secure tie-down points and rubber feet, which are integrated into the fridge base for grip, and stability. Now, all models have got a removable lid with a recessed seal and a large over-the-center camlock latch that's not only easy to use and create a, poverty, a, a positive seal, but it can also be angled to prop the lid open for ventilation when the fridge is in storage. How good is that? The number of wedges that I've used on my previous fridge, and this is just clever. Good on you, ARB. Now, the metal body and the handles of the fridge, they've been updated, so that's all good. Everything's been done. The, the revised colours are terrific. They'll look great in the back of any wagon. And all of the features that have made the ARB Classic Fridge so popular with four-wheel drivers have been retained in the Classic Series 2 range. But, but, the electronics have been upgraded. So now they offer several new functions as well as compatibility with the new two-way communication module that connects via Bluetooth. Now I'm going to tell you all about that because this is just genius. So the electronics have been updated. So some new features include a backlit display and buttons that illuminate when pressed, and that makes it easy to operate the fridge at night. Now, I've got to tell you, this is clever. And on the display, they've added a dimmable feature, so you can now cycle through the settings, high to low, enabling you to dim the screen if it's a little too bright at night, or if you don't want your fridge to attract attention when it's in the back of your wagon or a ute canopy. So that's clever. It also now incorporates a voltage readout on the display. So at the press of a button, it'll tell you what voltage the fridge is receiving the power source from. Now, that's good. Now, bearing in mind, your fridge, and I, I use mine basically daily. So it doesn't come out of the vehicle. It just stays in there. But, you know, if, if Rhonda says to me, hey, let's go and get some groceries, I turn the fridge on before we go. turned up really cold. So all the frozen gear that she buys, we don't have to freak around and go, go like drive like nuts to get back 
to make sure that everything hasn't melted because I turn the freezer on and when we go shopping, I put everything that she says is, is frozen stuff and cold stuff, put that in the fridge. When we get home, perfect, perfect, perfect. So don't think you're just buying it to go camping because you're not. You're going to use this, I would suggest to you, at least every week and if not more often. And if I go out with a with a bunch of fellas, if I go to a golf game or whatever, all the, all the wet stuff, all the liquids are already in the fridge. So ARB's also developed a new a new two-way communication module that utilizes Bluetooth connectivity, allowing both monitoring and control of the fridge via your smartphone, if you've got a smartphone, or as I said, the ARB links display. If you haven't seen the ARB links, go into your ARB store and go and see them. And if you've got a choice, then you go to ARB St. Peter's, of course. So ARB have got, they've updated the remote fridge monitor that was used on the original classic fridge, and with the original monitor transmitter mounted in the back of the fridge, and, and you can put it on your remote display whenever you want in transit. You'll have it up on the driver's line of sight to monitor what's going on with the fridge. But now with the Classic Series 2, there's a new communications module that plugs into a port at the back of the fridge with a strong built-in antenna. And the module connects via Bluetooth to whatever device you choose. So it'll work with your links, it'll work with your Android, it'll work with your Apple. So just fabulous. Just, just fabulous. So if you're getting a new fridge, oh, that's the other thing it'll do. If you want to, you can adjust it from Celsius to Fahrenheit. You can find battery protection. All the different modes can be changed just by using your smartphone or your links. It's clever. It's clever, clever, clever. So if you're going to get a new fridge, you've got to go and see ARB. You've got to get one of these new series too because they are good people. There's a new Transvic bag that comes out with it as well. You've got still all the classic features, so from the previous model, so you can turn it on to cycling through the menu options, you can, um, everything, you can, you can dim the screen as I mentioned to you, this, if you, different models will have different features, so you can have a separate dairy compartment which makes access to food and drinks simple, and the Classic Series 2 also has a reversible basket with a movable divider, so you can provide multiple storage options for your fridge content. So if you're going to do that, hey, go to ARB. you love ARB. I love ARB. They are great. And if you're going to ARB and St. Peter's, you just give them a call on 95652455. Let me tell you what they're doing at ARB St. Peter's, by the way. They are upgrading their store. By golly, I popped in there today. They are upgrading the store. They've got so many workers in there. They're just going to turn this into the flagship store, I reckon, in my opinion, for all of ARB. They're going to have everything on display, going to have one item on display so you can go and look, feel, touch, whatever you say, yeah, I want one of those, and it comes to you. They'll just they'll run upstairs, they'll get it, bring it down to you. Fabulous. So you don't have everybody else filtering through and touching all the things that you're going to buy. No, you've got it all on display, but the one you're going to buy, they're going to bring it down to you so you know it's new, packed, ready, and pretty. So going to be sensational. That'll be opening up in April. They'll let me know the exact date, but that'll be opening up in April, probably around mid-April thereabouts. So fabulous. ARB St. Peter's, you give them a call, 95652455. Hey, if we're going to do that, uh, and when you take your goods, this is the other thing about having an ARB fridge, they are really so good that when you go across bumpy roads, you know, your, your goodies are protected. So when you stop, you've got something nice and cool. You know, it's not shaken all over. Not shaken all over. But if you want shaken all over, you can have it because Normie Rowe's going to do that for you. If you want Normie Rowe to sing shaken all over for you, you just count to three. Here he comes. Normie Rowe, shaken all over. Hey, it's Scott Givens. It's Sunday. I'm on the road with you. You're on the road with me. Let's enjoy this together. Normie Rowe, he's terrific.
shaking all over. shaking all over how good's that how good's that now speaking of how good is something how good is your battery how good is your battery now if you're thinking of getting a new battery a lot of us do research and we can get bogged down in all the research because you, you go online and you look at this and you look at that and depending upon uh, who's giving you the information which manufacturer or distributor or reseller you can get really confused so if you're after a new battery for your caravan or your rv or whatever then this might help you because what's up down under did some research on this and they say firstly and most importantly is safety so you've got to choose a battery that has the least hazards for your application for example if you're installing a battery in your caravan or your camper van or your rv and the batteries are going to be located internally say under a bed uh, then you need a fully sealed and pressure valve protected battery. So you might get a lead acid, you might get an AGM or a gel, you might get lithium, but you've got to make sure that the gas doesn't discharge uh, or leak uh, anywhere near you. So that's you've got to get something that's really, really ventilated. So you'll get advice on that. That's important. Which brand? Well, you, you've got to choose a quality known brand. So you can go online. Here's the thing, you can go online like you can with anything else and get something cheap, cheap, cheap and nasty and that's not what you want. So you've got to choose a quality known brand from a reputable importer or distributor or reseller because cheaper online pricing sounds great but by golly it can come with risks. So if the battery fails with the seller, will, will your seller who sold it to you still be there? A lot of times it's worthwhile spending a few extra dollars from somebody who has a shop. If they've got a shop, they're paying rent or they own the premises. If they've done that, then they've, they've, they're paying their rent, they've got sign writing, they've got staff, they've got stock, they are there. It's not just somebody who's working out the back of a garage or a little storage shed or something like that and they don't care. Always deal with somebody that you believe will care about you 
not just a couple of dollars. So, you know, you pay, you pay for what you get. So then you've got to choose from the three categories. Do you want a starting battery, a cranking battery, starting cranking? Or do you want a dual purpose or do you want a deep cycle? So the starting or cranking battery should only be used for engine starting or cranking and should never be used in a cyclic application because the plates are too thin and the battery will fail in a very short time if it's cycled repetitively. So a starting cranking battery is measured in CCA or CA, which is cranking amps, and the dual purpose batteries have a slightly thicker plate and provide starting and cranking and limited cyclic capabilities where the loads are limited to small or medium current load applications. So dual purpose batteries are usually measured in both CCA and AH, which is amp hours. So you've got that. Now the cyclic batteries have less plates than cranking batteries, but they have thicker plates and they can handle medium to high current load applications over longer periods. So the thicker plates are not normally good for starting or cranking applications as they provide a lot less surface area. So deep cycle batteries are measured in amp hours. Now lithium batteries, lithium iron phosphate batteries are mostly designed for cyclic applications and should never be used for starting or cranking. So a good quality lithium will, will it'll have um, it'll have overcurrent protection and the PCB or BMS will protect that's your battery monitoring system will protect the battery against damage caused by cranking current, overheating, short circuit and more. So there are many, many things to consider when choosing the right battery and what capacity uh, do you require to run, uh, what appliances you're using, what loads you're using, does your battery charger or your charging system suit the battery type you choose? Will the battery be used constantly or stored for extended periods of time? Will the battery be used in hot or cold climates? Those, those are the sort of things you want to know. So that's what you want to find out. That's what you want to find out. So your battery is really, really important. You with me? Really important. So is the place you get it from. Again, ARB, great people, great people. You'll love ARB, you'll love them. So what's the next thing you're going to do? Are you going to the caravan show? We're going to have a caravan show. Do you think it'll be on? Do you think this coronavirus will stop the caravan show? By golly, I hope not. I hope it's all fixed and done because, you know, we lost our Grand Prix, didn't we? <laughs> Grand Prix's gone. So we don't know what's going to happen there. We do know that we've got to look after everybody. We've got to look after you. You're important. But we've got to get the, the, the show back on the road. We've got to get the caravan show back on the road. Things are happening. They're saying that we can't have more than 500 people at a gathering. Well, uh, it's going to be hard. Um, mini jump starters are something you've got to consider if you're getting batteries as well. A mini jump starter is something that you've got to consider and I'll, I'll bring those to you in a, in a future show because that's something that you really, really should consider. Uh, what are you going to cook on the road? That's something you've got to consider. There's so many things because we're coming into camping season, aren't we? We are coming in to let's get away season. That's what we've got to do and we're going to have some fun doing it. If we're going to have some fun doing it, we better have a little bit of music. Now, if you've got a flat battery... Chances are you're going to have to hitch a ride. If you're going to hitch a ride, you better listen to Bobby and Laurie singing Hitchhiker. If you haven't heard this in a while, and I reckon you haven't heard it in a while, then you will enjoy this Hitchhiker, Bobby and Laurie. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's Sunday. It's great to be with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
people say I've got a four-wheel drive and I want to do some stuff to it what sort of things should I do so campertrailerlifestyle.com.au they did a little bit of a survey amongst their people and they came up with what they call their top 10 and number one in the top 10 is a suspension upgrade so what they're saying is that if you apply too much weight to your vehicle's suspension it'll cause it to sag or compress lower than its designed ride height, which will compromise the handling of the vehicle. So you've got reduced braking, you've got reduced steering ability, along with general instability issues and a harsher ride. So that's all common effects. And the thing you notice, the thing you notice, <laughs> is it's all exaggerated on steep inclines and declines, making a higher load rated suspension upgrade, one of the most important towing upgrades that you can bolt onto your four-wheel drive. So consider a suspension upgrade. Now, a reversing camera, that's something that if you don't have already, can I tell you, it's it's basically an essential. Now, it's an essential for you for everyday use because we've all got to get into tight parking spots but when you're reversing, you know, your mirrors only show so much. They're not showing directly behind you and your mirror doesn't show directly behind you because it's not showing you bumper height. It's showing you boot height or rear window height, but not bumper height. And that's where the toddlers are. That's where other bumper bars are. That's where other tow bars are. So a reversing camera, you need eyes on the back of your head. <laughs> well, you can do even better 
and that's with a wireless reversing camera mounted on the back of your camper trailer or, or your four-wheel drive or both. So it just allows you to easily reverse to within a few inches. Look, I used mine today. I had to hitch up my caravan and I just used my reversing camera and you can do it in one go. It makes you look like a total and absolute pro because you do get to do it first time every time. You can just slide straight in. It's a brilliant bit of gear. So a reversing camera. Now, if you want one of those, then you just go to Polaris GPS au polarisgps.com.au and they'll sort you out with a reversing camera. Number three, they say, is a heavy-duty valve body. Now, you might not have even considered a heavy-duty valve body. So it's to beef up your transmission. It's a heavy-duty valve body. It works wonders. They're tweaked for towing. You adjust things like your fluid operating temperatures and your gear shift points to improve fuel economy. It reduces operating temperatures and it shifts smoother under load. And for some models, you can even opt for an aftermarket torque converter lockup kit. And that effectively allows you to receive the equivalent engine braking of a manual transmission on steep descent. So it, it comes with super handling as well with, with, when you're towing. So that's something to consider. That's something. You might want to you might want to look at that. Number four is a is a twelve volt winch. Now a winch, and you're going to need a winch. I'm telling you, you're going to need a winch, or you're going to need a bog out. But consider getting a winch. It's a twelve volt winch. It'll pull you out of a basic bog, uh, and it'll pull your your whatever you're towing as well. It should do, uh, but it's just the tip of the iceberg with a few. Uh, pulley blocks and extension straps are able to perform all sorts of stuff. So, you know, you can pull a loaded ca uh, camper trailer sideways. You can do various things with it. So in extreme cases, you can even unhitch the camper and retrieve it with nothing more than your winch. But if you're not up to buying a winch yet, then consider getting a bog out. Go to bog out, B-O-G-O-U-T dot com dot A-U. Bog out. Go and just Google bog out. They're an Australian product. It's Australian product. It's like a winch in a bag. So just consider that. Number five is an adjustable height coupling. Heard of one of those? Adjustable height coupling? Well, it's, it's an off-road coupling. It generally allows the camper the flexibility to move independently to your four-wheel drive over uneven terrain. Um, it's often the actual tow bar setup on your rig is it's it's totally forgotten. That that's what happens with a lot of folks. They get what they're towing, they get the vehicle that they're towing with, but they forget about matching them up. So upgrading to a heavy duty adjustable height unit will not only improve the overall strength, but also allows you to adjust the height of the hitch to match the height of your campus coupling too. So that goes a long way to ensuring the vehicle and the trailer are nice and level. Nice and level. That's good. So number six is your charging lead. So most camper trailers will have an Anderson plug, and that's found at your drawbar. And the idea is that you can charge your camper trailer's auxiliary battery while you're on the move via your four-wheel drive. Now, that might be your camper trailer, it might be your caravan, whatever it be, but it's while you're on the move, and that's terrific. Now, your vehicle will need a charging lead run back to your vehicle, which needs to be isolated from your vehicle's cranking battery so the camper doesn't draw power from it overnight, giving you a dead battery in the morning. You don't want that. So the gauge of cable required will greatly depend on the length of cable to be used. So a charging lead, important. Number seven, they say, is a rear diff lock. So a rear diff lock can vastly improve your vehicle's off-road capability. And I know this because I've got one. 
I've got front and rear, but but consider getting a rear one. If you want to get one of those, you just go straight to ARB. ARB, you just talk to them. They're fabulous people. So it allows you to conquer tougher obstacles much, much easier. Uh, it's it's a good thing. If, if you haven't used one, when you go to the next four-wheel drive show, have a look at the difference between what a vehicle with a diff lock can do as against a vehicle without a diff lock and it'll just make all the difference so your weight of your camper pushing against the back of your vehicle it can cause it to to push the back end out sideways so if you engage the locker it just helps keep it straight but it gives you so much more traction it's just it's a fabulous fabulous thing number eight they're saying is a transmission cooler so modern automatics tow locker dream but they're not without their downfalls they're not so due to their design, heat will always be an issue, especially when you're lugging a few tons with a camper trailer. And if you're doing that over sand and whatnot, you are, you're doing a lot of revs, which will make, it should turn, in many cases, it'll turn your transmission light on, saying that you're, you're overheating your transmission. So make no mistake, an overheated transmission is can be a real problem, can be a real problem. So installing an aftermarket transmission cooler it gives your transmission a better chance much better chance to manage the extra heat when you're hauling heavy loads and the end result is a much more reliable transmission and that should theoretically give it a longer lifespan number nine they're saying is a modern brake controller so if you're still rocking a brake controller unit that slightly resembles a basic house brick <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to upgrade. Now, modern electric brake controllers, they've evolved to become so much smaller, so much smaller. They're just, they're tiny. They're really, really good. Most will have a manual user control uh, mode for tricky situations, along with an inertia sensing mode. So in a nutshell, the unit can sense how hard you're braking, and it responds effectively. So everything is good. And there's some beaut Australian-made ones that you can get. Now, Red Arc have got one. Uh, so, you know, you might want to talk to them. They're really, really excellent. And, of course, you've got to have good tone mirrors. Good tone mirrors. So if you don't have good mirrors, not, not just the mirrors that come with your vehicle, but extended mirrors so that they go out further. Because unless you can see... You can't see what's behind you. Now, you've got your reversing camera. I know we talked about that, but you've got to have those tone mirrors. That's something that you've got to consider doing. So there's some of the things that you might consider when you next go to your next four-wheel drive show or your next caravan show, and there's one coming up. Uh, there's always one coming up. Just Google uh, shows. Just, just Google caravan shows or camper trailer shows, and you will find them all over the place. They are, they are really good to go to. The one in Sydney that's coming up, I'll give you the dates on that in a little while. It is just huge, immense. In fact, I, I go for, you know, you can buy a one-day ticket. Uh, I tend to go for two days, sometimes three days, because there's so much to see. And I love the gadgets that you can get there as well. So you're going to do a whole bunch of stuff when you've got that. And if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. Now, I reckon we should have a bit of a song. And, and if you're going to get your trailer, you're going to try out all that new gear. And you might, you might want to go for about 20 miles to try it all out. And if you're going to do that, might as well listen to Ray Brown. Here's Ray Brown with 20 miles. Hey, you enjoy that. It's Sunday. I'm Scott Gibbons. We're on the road together. I love being with you on a Sunday. It's terrific. And tell your friends to listen in. I know some of you have already told friends and our listener group is just increasing and increasing and increasing. And we're so, so grateful. And so many of you say, hey, the music we pick is terrific. Now, we try and pick wherever we can Australian music and we always try and push 
Australian products because, hey, even right now, right now when you've got this coronavirus thing going, isn't it nice to know that you can get Aussie-made stuff? Isn't that the thing? So here we go. Ray Brown, 20 miles, you enjoy that. good to hear now there's a thing and I've, I've been following this for a while because i've seen people doing it and i've been suggesting this is for years don't do it and now it's come out so that rv daily have just done an article on it, and it's why you should not tamper with your caravan electricity why you should not or simply put 15 amps into 10 want to go so playing with your rv's 240 volt power isn't a hobby you dabble with on the weekends so some people think it's fine to tamper with your rv connections your leads your plugs your powerpoints but worse still <laughs> they'll tell others that it's okay to do it and i'm telling you it's not it is not it can be dangerous it is illegal and you've just got to do things right so what's all the fuss about? Well, Australia has a comprehensive standards for RV electrics that, that covers double pole wiring, appliances, safety switches, circuit breakers, and electrical leads. Now, those standards have been put in place to protect all of us, 
So if you take things on yourself and in the unfortunate situation something goes wrong, you'll likely find, <laughs> likely find, you've voided your insurance. So you paid the insurance, they're not going to pay up, and you're unable to make a claim. So the bottom line is, unless you've got the authority to issue electrical compliance certificates, just leave it alone. So what a lot of people were doing was was making their own little leads. In fact, I had one of these given to me some time ago, and I'm telling you, don't use them. Don't use them. So you've got to use the correct gear, and there is correct gear that you can buy now. Now, the household versus RV power supply, power points in a normal house, in your normal home, they're rated at 10 amps. They supply 240 volt power. They use multiple circuits from a fuse board. It's vastly different from your RV, which uses a single, single 15 amp connection on both the male and female plugs. And if you're wondering why they're different, it was designed that way to stop anyone from wrongly connecting a 15 amp into a 10 amp power point. So you've just got to do it right. The thing is that a 15 amp has thicker copper wire, thicker copper wire. It's about a time and a half again. So a 10 amp's got a standard wire, a heavy duty 10 amp just has additional plastic. So what, what some old vanners would say and might have done, and it's not okay, but they used to file down the 15 amp earth plug so that they could insert it into a 10 amp power point. Now that's illegal, it's dangerous, and the majority of earth pins on the market aren't, are not, solid brass, but they're made of thin brass that's been folded to achieve an earth pin's dimension. So the brass can weaken when it's filed, it can lose shape, it can lose strength, and it can cause an unreliable connection. So the earth pin is your only device earthing your RV to the ground. So if you've got your RV plugged into a, a 10 amp power point and you've tried running your air conditioner, uh, your hot water service, your three-way fridge, your electric hot plates, your battery charging inverter, your washing machine, and perhaps maybe a toaster, maybe a kettle as well, you're likely to be above 10 amps. And that's where things start to melt. So if they're not protected correctly, you might not notice anything visually, but it's a completely different matter inside the modified plug and lead. You can just cause fire, you can fry somebody. So it's not okay to make your own leads. If, if you looked inside a 10 amp and a 15 amp lead, you'd find that the 15 amp lead, as we mentioned, has thicker copper wire. It needs to be thicker. It carries about one and a half times more current than a standard 10 amp residential lead. So Australian standards apply to leads as well. So first, the, the leads need to have the same amp-rated plugs and sockets. And secondly, the approved leads must have the correct cable size for their length. So the next time <laughs> you find yourself heading into the local hardware store and you go to take a look at the leads, you might come across some heavy-duty 10-amp leads that look identical to the big brother, but don't be fooled. They, they, they don't do, all they do is the same job. They don't do the 15-amp job. It's only the outer sheath that's thicker and not the internal copper wire. So caravan parks, here's something interesting for you. Caravan parks, they have the right, they've got a duty of care, and they have the right to inspect your power leads. And they've got the right to refuse permission for a lead to be plugged into their power supply if it's deemed unsafe. And there's also a, a slow push for some caravan parks for leads to undergo authorised annual test and take procedures. So that hasn't been made law yet. So if we just 
or everybody does the right thing. So the safest way, the safest way, and I've got one, I bought one, is to use a converter. So the accessory fits a 15-amp plug at one end and a 10-amp plug at the other, and the unit comes with some current amp breakers that are approved to Australian standards. It's been designed to prevent your RV drawing too many amps by limiting the current draw from your 10-amp power, and the converter comes with an internal breaker switch that connects the power supply if it's, or disconnects the power supply, sorry, <laughs> if it detects a high current amp draw from the 15-amp side. So the high current draw will need to be rectified before resetting the switch or it will continue to trip. And you could find it something simple tripping it like the RV has too many high current devices working at once. You've got your toaster going and you've got your air conditioner going and just too many things at once. So these days there's a few converters on the market. The one that I would suggest you look at and it's recognised as being the best is the AMP, A-M-P, Fibian, A-M-P-F-I-B-I-A-N, AMP, Fibian, one word. And they're brilliant. They're waterproof, they've got ratings, they've got earth leakage detectors, they've got a safety switch, they've got a warranty, it's backup, and they're Australian. So Amphibian is the one to go and look for. You go and do that, and you should be pretty happy. And if you're going to be happy, then that's terrific. And if you don't do it the right way, then you could be a little sad. You could be a little sad because you could just burn down your RV, you might even burn down your house. It's not going to be a good day. So if you're going to be sad, let's listen to Little Boy Sad by MPD, which was Mike, Peter and Danny. Came out in about 1965. You will just bop along to this. I know you will. Little Boy Sad. You'll love it. MPD. Good idea. We'll be back with you in a little while. It's Sunday. It's Scott Gibbons. Love being with you.
if you're considering tyres, because I am, I'm looking at new tyres now, and I popped into a tyre dealer the other day and I picked up one of the brochures and I had a little read of it, and some of it is really, really interesting. And one of the things is to make sure that you do check your tyre pressures at least once a month and before each trip. And the best thing to do when you're doing your trip is each morning that you're going to be driving during the trip, do your tyre pressures and measure it when your tyres are cold. When your tyres are cold, so that you know that they're all exact then. Because once you start driving, the tyres heat up and that can increase the pressure in them. So if you measure them then, you're not necessarily getting the most accurate pressure reading. So one of the things they're suggesting you do is to have a reliable tyre pressure gauge. A reliable tyre pressure gauge. Now again, you can buy those out of the little cheap shops. And I would suggest you don't. Just go to ARB and get yourself a good one. And... Underinflation is one of the things that they suggest really causes tyre damage. So the tyre's tread life, and this is important, your tyre's tread life could be reduced significantly if your tyres are wearing more on the outer shoulders. Lower tyre inflation allows the tyre to flex more and it, and it rolls, causing more internal heat, and the build-up of that could lead to tyre failure. So low pressures increase rolling resistance, causing reduction in fuel economy, and, and you'd also find a significant loss, maybe, in the steering of the vehicle. So your steering precision and your cornering stability could really cause a problem. So what they're saying is that if you've underinflated by, say, 6 PSI, 6 pounds per square inch, and, and that doesn't sound like much, but it can be about 20% of your tyre's recommended pressure. So you've got to be aware of that. Now, similarly, similarly... Overinflation can cause a problem. So if your tyres are overinflated, again, by as little as 6 PSI as an example, then they could be damaged more easily when you're driving over potholes or debris on the road. So overinflation, that can cause excess tyre wear in the centre of your tyres' tread. So sometimes you'll see some tyres and they're more bald, if you will, in the middle, but they've got great tread on the outside. And that's simply because they've been overinflated. So they'll give you a much harsher ride as well. <laughs> so important factors in selecting your tyre pressures, there's no universal correct tyre pressure. So you've got to work out the best one for you. I mean, they do give you suggestions, but it depends on the type of vehicle, the amount of load, how the vehicle's being driven, the condition of the roads, all those sorts of things. So you need to look at that. If it's a smooth surface or a harsher surface, you've got to work that out. But generally, generally, the ideal tyre pressure should be about 4 PSI above your cold pressure. So when you've measured your tyres cold, then put about 4 PSI in them and they should be fine. But the 4 PSI might even just happen because you've got the heat build-up when you're driving along. But under inflation, that would cause the outer edges of your tyres to be bald. Overinflation would cause the centre of your tyre to be bald. So um, inflated, properly done, they should be fine. So you've got to affect the, the tyre pressures. You've got to make sure that you're getting the right footprint. So if you're driving on sand, then of course you've got to reduce your tyre pressure so that you've got more tyre hitting the sand rather than having a more uh, inflated tyre which is going to dig you down into the sand. So different tyre pressures for different different terrains. The suggestion is, and there is no exact, there is no exact, but the suggestion is for bitumen somewhere around on a, on a normal sort of tyre, 32 to 38 pound. On sand, 18 to 26. Now on sand, I've gone down lower than 18. 
uh, but sand uh, can vary rapidly. It can patches can build up in the sand. You can build up a lot of heat in your tyres because you're running lower pressures for the flotation and because of friction and wheel spin. You might need to rest your tyres a bit more uh, rather than just going flat out all day. So that's something. That's something to be aware of. Fast and smooth gravel, 32, 36 maybe. Slow gravel, 26, 32. Mud, 22, 28. Rocky gravel, now that's, that's depending upon the sort of rocks that you're going over. And, and bearing in mind, if you're driving on rocks, then you should be driving slower anyway. So the lower pressures will allow the tyre to improve its traction and, and do um, uh, make the obstacles, obstacles a lot more easier without a lot of damage. But if you use higher pressure on rocks, well, that, that, can, that can really chew your tyres apart. So just be careful with your tyre pressures. So what, when, when should your tyres be rotated? That's a good thing. So do you rotate your tyres? I had mine done last week. So do you rotate your tyres? What that means is you take, your, your, and there's a system, so it'll be in your owner's handbook or your tyre dealer will show you which tyre will go from what position to what position, but you just move them all around. And you can choose whether you're moving the four around or whether you're moving five around. So why should you rotate your tyres? Well, the tyre rotation means that moving your tyres around so that they trade places on your vehicle, it's a systematic way to achieve more uniform wear for all your tyres on the vehicle. So rotation is important. Each tyre, each tyre on a vehicle carries a different amount of weight, especially rear tyres. So... If you're carrying loads, uh, you're making them wear at different rates, and by rotating them, you basically even out those differences. So remember, tyre rotation can't correct wear problems due to worn mechanical parts or or incorrect inflation pressure. So, so no one likes the tyres to wear out, but it's an advantage when all the tyres on the vehicle wear at the same rate throughout their life. So tyre rotation will help you do that it'll help you keep your tires in good nick so it'll perform they'll all perform equally on all four corners so when your tires were out together you can get a new set of tires without being forced to just buy a pair of tires so if you replace tires in sets you'll you'll maintain the original handling and balance but if you do fit two if you just fit two you only need two tires say the most tire manufacturers now advise you now listen into this because this is interesting it's not what i thought most tyre manufacturers now advise that you fit the new tyres to the rear axle, to the rear of the vehicle. Fit the new tyres to the rear and take the ones off the rear and put them up the front, say. So whether your vehicle is a four-wheel drive or a front-wheel drive or a rear-wheel drive, they've said that in the past you used to fit them to the front. They've agreed with that. But they've also said that accident research has shown that a vehicle is more controllable more controllable if the rear tyres have more grip, especially on wet or greasy roads, and they're less likely to spin out or fishtail, if you like. So there you go. So a four-tyre rotation. If, if your vehicle's a front drive with non-directional tyres, then rotate your tyres. If you go to your tyre shop, your tyre shop will give you a brochure, they'll give you a yarn, they'll do whatever. I'm reading, um, I was reading some various articles on it. Cooper have got a little brochure out if you want to have a look at there, so that's a good thing to do. But you can do a five-tyre rotation. Uh, if you do a five-tyre rotation, it ensures that your spare tyre, <laughs> your spare tyre on your wheel, that's automatically and periodically inspected and properly inflated and, and then put back into service for you. So the vehicle can be driven, if you will, 20% more because you're going to get 20% more wear out of the tyres because you're using five rather than four. That's clever, isn't it? Clever, clever, clever. So something to consider. So you can do a four-wheel rotation or a five-wheel rotation. I, I do a five. I put my spare on, as I say. I had to put on last week. So safe driving. 
Be careful of road hazards like potholes and, and other hazards. If you can't avoid a pothole, if, you, if you've got too much pressure in your tyres, then you, you're more likely to do more damage if your tyre pressure is too high. So be aware of that. So don't overload uh, and try and prevent, if you can, try and prevent tyre. But they'll, they'll show you that the different, the different manufacturers will give you all the examples of what you should do with your tyres. So I think that's good. I think that's good. But make sure that you do rotate them. Make sure you keep them balanced. Balance means that if you're driving along and your steering wheel is bouncing around, that means your, your front wheels normally are out of balance. And if they're out of balance, that means they're not wearing smoothly. They're going to get a flat spot. If they get a flat spot, oh, that's an uncomfortable thing to do is to go on a drive and you've got your... your tyres out of balance so just pull into a tyre shop ask them to balance them up and I think you'll find that your driving will be so much better hey it's Sunday it's Scott Gibbons we're on the road now we're on the road with nice tyres <laughs> so I've got to go and pick out what brand of tyre I'm going to fit to my vehicle so I'm going to work that out pretty short I'll keep you in the loop because tyres are that important hey you enjoy your Sunday I'll be back with you real soon
Well, that's another show for another week, and it's been fabulous being with you. This is Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. We're on the road together every Sunday between 1 and 2. And if you get the chance, tell your friends to listen in as well, and make sure that you look after our sponsors, because without those sponsors, we don't have a show. And I love being with you on Sunday, so look out for the sponsors. We can come back again and again and again. Sundays between 1 and 2, you listen in. Until next week, hey, it's Scott Gibbons. See you on the road. Mm-hmm.